0: Now then, we got a microphone. Yes, we have. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. Uh, my name is Anthony Day. I'd like to welcome you to this session on CRC and carbon reporting. First of all, I'm going to talk to you, if my voice holds out, on counting the cost of carbon. And then my colleague will talk about counting carbon correctly. So I'm going to take an overview to start with. So, counting the cost of carbon, well, it's all about TLAs, isn't it? TLAs? Um three-letter acronyms. There are so many of them. But let's start off with your friend and mine, the Climate cha- the carbon reduction commitment, which has been around in all sorts of different forms for quite a while and has been constantly updated and consulted on and changed. The big things that have happened, of course, is uh, simplification, and Andrew will explain whether that is simplification or not. The end of the performance league table That's a pity in some ways. It had two objectives. One was to be a basis for the redistribution of all the money that was going to be put into the pot. But of course, since George Osborne took the pot, that doesn't work. And the other was to act as a reputational driver so that we could name and shame people who were using far, far too much carbon. That didn't really work either because they gave it to uh, the press and what do we get headlines saying, Manchester United at the top of the league. And that was the case for the first uh, performance league table, but it was there with 22 others, and there were 802 organisations at the bottom. So it didn't really give us a lot of information or make a lot of sense. They have, of course, published the second and final performance league table. The press picked up on that as well. Manchester United dropped 488 points. But it was a much better table, it, dis- it separated everybody out. Um, and the interesting thing from the figures behind it was that we could see that Actually, carbon emissions had declined by about 8% year on year. And looking further, there were about 1,500 organisations that had actually managed to reduce their carbon emissions and the other 600 had increased it to some extent. Now, whether this is because of CRC or whether it's because of the recession is difficult to tell. The carbon reduction commitment, according to George Osborne, will be reviewed in 2016 And in fact, this iniquitous imposition of the the carbon tax through CRC will be removed, he said in the autumn statement in 2012, will be removed when finances permit. Inside information indicates that will probably be shortly after hell freezes over, but that itself may well be delayed because of global warming. Let's talk about the climate change levy. The climate change levy, of course, which is the surcharge on all commercial energy bills, electricity, gas, LPG and coal. The climate change agreement means that energy-intense organisations get some sort of relief. And in fact, in the budget, there was an agreement that mineral... Well, metal and mineral uh, organisations would get um, overall relief from... April next year, and that means steel makers and ceramics and glass and chemicals. And this is particularly, of course, to protect exporters. The big news of this week, and I'm sure you've all picked it up, is the EU ETS scheme. Brought in in 2005, this applies to energy generators and other major users who have to buy credits in order to make carbon emissions. Most people would say that although emissions have declined slightly, it's probably only due to the recession, and the system's not particularly worked well. The price of carbon allowances, ETU, EU ETS carbon allowances, has declined. And since the vote on Tuesday in the European Parliament, is declined even more. What happened was that the European Commission said, look, the carbon price is right, right down low. So what we're going to do is we're going to withhold... 900 million credits that were going to go into the market and that will create a shortage and that in turn will raise the price. This went to a vote in the parliament on Tuesday and the vote was lost and incidentally it was a very close vote and a number of um, UK Tory MEPs voted against the government line and uh, were involved in in in, uh, voting it down. Of course, they did this for short-term gains because, yes, inevitably, it will increase the uh, cost of carbon and the cost of energy. In the 2011 budget, the government brought in the carbon price floor, or announced the carbon price floor, which is now coming in. The carbon price floor is a mechanism to raise the price of carbon and the reason behind raising the price of carbon is to make it worthwhile actually investing in renewables and low-carbon technologies. While polluting power generators can buy their credits for next to nothing, it's very, very difficult for anybody to put in any sort of alternative because there are very high capital costs in putting in renewables and low-carbon technologies. So the government's idea was to bring in the carbon price floor and <coughs> excuse me and a new band if you like of the climate change levy. At the moment power generation power generators do not pay the climate change levy on their inputs, on the coal, the LPG, the oil and um, other things. In future they will and the idea is that this carbon price support levy, which they will pay, will make up the difference between what what they actually pay for EU ETS credits and what the government thinks the level should be in the market. And what the government thinks the level should be in the market is this year £16 a tonne going up steadily to £30 a tonne by 2020, which is only seven years off. And there may well be implications in that for the CRC allowance price, and I know Andrew's going to talk about that, and indeed for the climate change levy. Looking at the cost of carbon in the broad terms, I thought it was worth talking about carbon capture and storage, because if you can capture and store your carbon, then you don't actually have to buy your emissions credits. The situation at the moment is that Only this month, in the last couple of weeks, the EU has issued an invitation to tender for people to build a commercial scale demonstration project. There are no commercial scale carbon capture and storage projects at the moment. The government has committed a billion pounds to a similar sort of thing. The, um, The conclusion from that is that carbon capture and storage is out there, but it probably won't be actually operating for at least five years. And we've got to recognise that while it will reduce emissions, it will raise costs. Because there will be the cost of the infrastructure, the cost of the scrubbers to take the gas out, the cost of the energy to actually compress and send that carbon dioxide along those pipelines, possibly up to 100 miles long, into the North Sea. And there's another stop press. Greenhouse gas reporting. Well, that was in the Finance Act of 2006. It was supposed to come out last April. It was then supposed to come out this April. Uh, What has happened is that there has been a guidance note issued this week and uh, detailed regulation is expected this spring. But as we know, spring is late this year. What greenhouse gas reporting amounts to is requiring all organisations that are quoted on the main London Stock Exchange to provide an account of their greenhouse gas emissions when they produce their annual report and accounts. This covers Scope 1 and Scope 2 emissions. It covers all emissions from all operations throughout the world. So how that's going to be audited, I'm not sure. I think the signs are that the traditional financial auditors will get in on that act. The uh, the, the proposal must be to encourage people and to name and shame people to encourage them to make fewer emissions because in fact there are no allowances, no costs, no penalties involved with this. I just very quickly wanted to show you the breakdown of green taxes against total revenue. Um, The big blue bit, as you may expect, is income tax and uh, national insurance. The, The next bit is VAT. After that comes corporation tax. The purple bit is fuel duty, which is very interesting. The government doesn't admit that fuel duty is a green tax, but... It is effectively. And that's 5% of all the revenues that the Treasury collects is fuel duty. And the government has actually, all well, George Osborne has blinked at least twice and not actually put the increase up. Which is a vote winner, but quite a lot of uh, tax is foregone. Then that, na- that, that fetching um, duck egg blue segment is everything else. And you might be able to see a brownish sort of line, vertical line in the middle. That's the environmental taxes. That's the money raised from CRC, the money raised from um, the climate change levy. And of course, that'll increase. That'll increase, presumably, as the carbon price floor drives all these taxes up. So in summary, what's in it for me, what's in it for us as energy professionals and sustainability advisors? Well, I could be cynical and say, heartache, bureaucracy, and a lot more money, a lot more cost. No, I'd say that anyway. We are certain that energy prices will go up. The government itself has said that energy prices will go up. But if that stimulates renewables, and that stimulates energy sources which are within our country, like wind and water and tide and solar, that will at least give us a measure of energy security. Because as we know, the majority of all forms of energy is now imported into this country. And... um, its energy security will become an increasing issue. Rules and regulations, we're going to see increased rules and regulations, I'm sure. We're going to have to work hard to work around them, but it's not just a question of fulfilling regulations, it's a question of working on what the regulations, what the reports demonstrate to us, working smarter ways of using energy, working towards becoming more efficient. So. In summary, we will be counting the cost of carbon for quite some time to come because I'm quite certain that carbon in the future is certainly going to cost. So that's my very quick rundown. My name's Anthony Day. I've been recording this and I'm going to post it as a podcast at susbiz.biz if you'd like to listen to it again or share it with your uh, colleagues. Thank you.